everybody. Good Monday morning. Good Monday morning. Good. Happy. Enjoy. Hope your Monday morning is going great already. This is Eric, and this is the Eric Anders Lang Show, which is also the same as the Eric Lang Show. But for some reason, Jeff, why did we call it the Eric Anders Lang Show as opposed to the Eric Lang Show? Jeff's here with me, everybody. Say hello to Jeff. Hey, how's everybody doing? Good, good. Good, man. Good to see you. <laughs> it's been forever. Jeff, Jeff, for those of you that don't know, Jeff Friedman here. I mean, we wouldn't have a podcast without you, let's face it. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I bring the ads in, I <laughs> interviews, you know, all you're, the important stuff. You're responsible <laughs> for a lot of the big name interviews, and you're responsible for the dynamic ad insertion, which we'll, we'll let that one lie. Yeah. We don't want to over-define it. People can look that up on Wikipedia. Dynamic ad insertion is what Jeff's all about. So uh, you, you uh, wait, what were we? You were chiming in about something. What was it? Talking about something. I'm already spaced out. Oh, about the, uh, about the title. So the title, originally yeah. we were the Eric Lang Show. We actually tried to have other names, didn't we? Yeah, the, uh, the Well, That Was Awkward podcast. That, well, That Was that. Awkward. <laughs> that didn't do very well. And then we wanted like Bunker to Bunker or like, or like Out of Bounds. Like yeah. a bunch of names that are already taken. Yeah, I remember you were thinking about having a band come in and play a song for one of those. <laughs> you would text me about that. You're like, find a band. Right. and you know. We tried to interview the other Eric Lang for a while. He didn't want to come in. Yeah, no, he, he was interested for a while. What happened? How did we lose him? And then uh, I'd have to touch base again with the manager. Let's get back with Eric Lang. So, I'll follow up. I'd I don't know if he plays golf, though. It's okay. So you don't play okay? golf. He's well, an you, actor. Eric, uh, Jeff is getting into golf, which is exciting. Hey, hey, shh. A lot of dog activity here on Monday morning. Yeah, I go to the driving range about twice a month and you know, go to the putting green, too. Uh, Rancho Park, which you, know, you like a lot. Los Angeles, California, my guy. Yeah. It's a great old course. It's one of the most crowded courses in the world. Did you know that? Oh, I believe it. Have it takes played? me like 30 minutes to get onto like a driving range stand. Really? Yeah, it's crazy crowded. Hang on a second. Yeah, uh, so Rancho Park is one of the most... Cr- have you even played Rancho Park? It's one of the most crowded courses in America. Have you played it? Uh, not the course itself, just the driving range and the putting greens. Dude, I think, you know, we've been doing all these episodes of uh, kind of, I guess we call it Random Golf Club. Maybe we should go there and play golf with two people we don't know. Yeah, because you've have you played you've played one round of golf, uh, two, two rounds. So I played at the event that you had over at uh, right Griffith Park. We had twenty six people on the tee box, no joke, <laughs> all hitting balls. And Jeff, you did really good. Yeah, no, I uh, I was keeping up here and there. Did, didn't you make the, a par? I did on one of the holes. You made a fucking. And then par. after that, it was like all downhill. The same but. with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool, man. And then the other course I played was with uh, my father-in-law, my brother-in-law in Westlake. It's called uh, Los Los was it Los Verdes? No, Los, no, Los Robles. Los Robles. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. I play that. Um, well, yeah, you know, we'll have to go play Rancho. Oh, absolutely. I would love that. Maybe we can bring my friend Max. Max Martyr should come. He's the guy that owns uh, Marvin Restaurant down here on La Cienega and um, Beverly. And that because he loves to play ranch. Oh, maybe we'll find a fourth. Oh, yeah. Looking for a fourth. <laughs> um, currently, anyone want to join uh, Jeff, Max, and I? Um, obviously, any religious domina- denomination is welcome. And uh, I think that could be really fun. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite things about um, golf is the people you meet. And it's funny because. Even though you don't or didn't play golf when we met, golf, in a sense, is what did bring us together due to this podcast. Yeah, and uh, it continues to uh, keep us together. Yeah, (laughs) both financially and uh, socially. Yeah. So anyway, those of you listening, Jeff, uh, obviously, you're... uh, the backbone of the podcast. I'm very grateful to you for you know continuing to put a lot of energy into making it happen with guests and 
you know, bringing in brands that want to work with us for the podcast. It's, it's been a really great learning experience for me. Yeah, it's been uh, great. I think we're at 75 episodes. No way. This will be the 75th. What should we do to celebrate our 104th episode? I think we need some uh, listener suggestions for that. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, That's a good maybe. idea. So what that, that'll be the end of February? Uh, is that when that is? Yeah, so 25 more to a week. That's uh, 12 weeks, three months. Three months, yeah. So I think we're looking to February, March. In any event, we should have a 100th episode uh, party. Maybe a live episode? Whoa. I like that idea. <laughs> live episode from Rancho Park. Yeah, do like a golf meetup and a live episode. All right, That'd great. That would be fun. Get on that, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, well, anyway, yeah, uh, it's been really fun. So, yeah, I just got back from New York, and um, we did a meetup there at the uh, at Five Iron Golf, which is this indoor indoor driving range, golf facility, whatever you want to call it. And basically, I mean, it was really cool, you know, basically we had done one of these episodes of Random Golf Club on YouTube, which is this show where, how would you define Random Golf Club? Uh, It's basically, you know, you find a random group of people, all very, very different, bring them all together, play a round of golf and uh, see what happens. Did you watch the one with Richard Kind? I did. That was uh, that was great, especially since you know Richard is uh, you know Kerber enthusiasm. People know him from there, and that was a he was known for playing golf on the show, right? So it was kind of cool that he actually loves golf in real life too. You were the one that booked him. That's correct. I didn't even I didn't even tell you about Richard Kind. You told me about Richard Kind. Oh, absolutely, and it turned out coincidentally he was like right down the street from where you were staying in New York. Yeah. So, so. one of the things that do you think it makes your life easier or more difficult that I insist on doing in person podcast? Uh, well, I mean, quality wise in person is always better. Yeah. So, but, but it makes it harder logistically. Uh, yeah. I mean, some publicists, managers, they like to knock out a phone interview Yeah, you know, I because it's that. easier for them to coordinate, but, yeah. uh, you know, quality wise for the podcast, you know, in person always wins. So anyway, you hit me up and you're like, you're going to do an episode with Richard Kind in New York. And I was like, great. And um, we did the podcast in his apartment. I brought him a coffee (laughs) and we had a great podcast. And then I was like, let's play golf. And um, anyway, came back to New York and and we were playing Liberty National, invited him. He came out and Jacob was the member over at Liberty National. And we was really wonderful day. We took the boat over to Liberty National. It was really, really visually. It's a really cool episode, too. Thank you. Thank you. I shot it all myself. Colt couldn't come because it was kind of a last minute trip. And um, so anyway, it was me, Jacob, Richard, and we needed a fourth. And, um, you know, I invited Kirsten Gruder, 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 Gruder from uh, this woman's golf association called Gruder Golf. And it was just a really fun day, you know. And, And the reason why I'm telling you that story is, I mean, if you have seen the show, Random Golf Club that's on my YouTube channel. I think the link is in... Oh, yeah, the link's in the podcast description. Yeah. Just click on it right there. And so we've been having a lot of fun making our own show in addition to Adventures in Golf, in addition to whatever else we do. This has been kind of... And the way I kind of liken what we're doing on YouTube is it's kind of like a young band where we're just going out and playing shows. We don't care about selling tickets. We don't care about anything. It's just our friends show up and we enjoy it. And the truth is, I mean, some of the episodes have 40,000 views, which is like, whoa, I I wasn't expecting that. So it's been really fun. It's not too much of a business yet. You know what I mean? And same with the podcast, right? I mean, we break even with the podcast. You know, the advertisers offset, you know, whatever the cost of the equipment or, you know, um, buying Jeff some Chipotle burritos or whatever it is. But um, 
But anyway, on this particular day at Liberty National with Richard Kind and Jacob and Kirsten, we, um, we ended up doing a podcast with Kirsten that night and decided to do a party, which was last Friday, just a couple of days ago. And so I flew to New York on kind of last minute for some other business, and we had this wonderful party at, uh, at this indoor facility, Five Iron Golf in the Flatiron District. And it was just really fun. You know, like, it's funny for me, though, because I don't know how you, did you come, well, you came to the meetup. So there's interesting, because there's the, there's the meetup where we play golf, which is the one you came to, Jeff. And then there's the meetup at, like, the locations, which are different, because it's more like a party. Whereas, like, the meetup when we go play golf, it's like, it's almost like a little bit easier, because you're doing something. Yeah, there's like a goal to like, we're playing golf, we're playing around, we got to get through it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like when you're at a location, it's almost like, okay, we're just, we're going to hang out. I mean, there's some hitting bays, but anyway, so I go in usually a little nervous. Oh gosh, what's this going to be like? And by the end, I just feel like I've made a bunch of friends and I don't know, it's, it's a really interesting experience. I, I wrote a lot about it. I did an Instagram post yesterday where I wrote a lot about how, you know, kind of valuable the experiences of, of meeting the people who have basically sent a message in, in some form or another and gotten a response and found that meaningful. So I don't know. It's a really special time, you know? Yeah. No, I think it's cool when you put a piece of media or art out there and like, you don't know that people are responding to it, but they are, you know, because of the way like digital contents like pushed out there. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, when we're in here working, right, when you and I are making the podcast where you and I are looking at how many people downloaded it, because what that means to you and me is, well, how much is it worth to an advertiser, right? Because, I mean, ultimately, yeah, the goal is to do what we love and not have anybody pay for it except for a company. Yeah, it's sort of art meets commerce. Yeah. That's the, uh, the I main mean, objective. The, am I right, Jeff? The goal is to make what, the, make what we want and make what people want to see, and then basically it's all free. Absolutely. Kind of yeah. just merge those two together. Yeah, and then get Mercedes or whoever to pay for it. And then basically we all get to do, I get to make the show I want and my friends get to watch the show they want. Win-win for everybody. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I don't think I could ever do a direct to consumer brand where I like make a product and sell it uh, other than some merchandise, which we're working on. But I mean, that's not, (laughs) that's not even about making money really. I don't think, I mean, I don't know if I could make a product and sell it to people. I just feel like that's sort of like, I don't know. I don't, I mean a product without a purpose. Is that? No, I just mean like, I just mean like. I would rather have an authentically untransactional relationship with a group of people around a story and then have someone else pay for that. Whereas instead of being like, I'm going to sell you the best golf club that you can buy made in China. You know what I mean? I just don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I could do that. But then again, who knows? Like that could change. I also never thought I'd play golf. So (laughs) I always have to look at whatever I'm saying and just remember that I'm full of shit most of the time. Yeah. And it was great. It's all recorded. So we can always go back. I just got your text. It says at front door. Oh, it's the signal up here is a little crazy. Yeah. Um, So anyway, that was a really wonderful night. I mean, I think 110 people came all in and just really, really cool. Everybody was very, it was a very positive evening. You know, and I think one of the things is, it, it, each time it's a really affects me, right? These, these kind of hang sessions, because I see, I see a few different things. First of all, I see the numbers that I was saying to you before. I was like, how many people listen to the podcast? Cause a certain number means a certain dollar value to us. Right. Correct. Um, and you know, it's valuable that it breaks even and that it's sustainable because while I enjoy it, it also is time consuming and I don't, you know, we, we need to invest our time in things that are valuable. 
But even more than that, right, what I see is that little that little space in the closet that is sort of protected from money, which is that space of like what is meaningful, right? And so it's really cool to go to these events because I all of a sudden see people affected, right, by, I mean, whatever it is I do. I don't really feel like I do anything. I don't really feel like there's any actual importance on it. But for some reason, whatever we have done here, which was relatively casual and relatively, we tried to take everything complicated away from it and just keep it as simple as possible. It's, it's, it's had some effect on people. And I mean, I have an email I'm going to, we're going to read in a minute that Colt told me not to read before we do the podcast. Cause it's, cause it's important. But anyway, going to this place in Manhattan and ta- and looking people in the eye and having them say, dude, I wrote you a message, um, about this and that. And you know, when you responded, I was, honestly surprised and it meant a lot to me and what's interesting is i remember a lot of the times like i'll remember a lot of the messages people say i wrote you a message about this and you get a lot of messages i saw like on your dms one day it's crazy you creeped in there oh no you showed me i showed you you were like look at all these messages There's a lot (laughs) right now there's probably about 250 unread messages wow ranging from emoji to you know 12 20 sentences something like that yeah, and you need to be in the right headspace to respond and take it seriously. But you know, <clears throat> what I was what I was kind of getting at overall is looking someone in the eye and hearing that is incredible. There's, there's I can't I can't think of anything that is as valuable as that for me, right? And um, what's funny is on the way home from New York, I was on the plane and I didn't bring my laptop. I didn't I didn't have any clubs because they were stolen. Part of the reason I was in New York was to get new clubs from Ashley Mayo's new kind of job business, uh, TruSpec. Anyway, they were very generous. I'll be cutting together a vlog of that pretty soon. But on the way home, I had nothing to do. And I was like, I'm going to watch a movie. I know I'm going to... And I haven't watched a movie on a plane in a year. I don't know. For some reason, when I get on a plane, I either pass out or I work. I don't really... I I haven't been watching a lot of movies. But I was like, I'm going to watch a movie. I know it. And of course, I go through every movie. And I'm just like, ugh, all these movies suck. But on the last page is um, "Won't You Be My Neighbor?" Great movie. Did you see it? Oh yeah, the Mister Rogers documentary. Saw it in the theater when it came out. Jealous. I saw it on a plane this weekend. But I, I th- if those of you are listening, and I mean, if you've seen Adventures in Golf, if you grew up, um, you know, liking things like Highlights Magazine, if you if you watched Mister Rogers, and you haven't seen this movie, you you are quite literally um missing out and i don't say this i don't i don't come on the podcast on monday and recommend movies this is like real um one of the things that i really recognized in that that may that there was just a coincidental timing thing because here merely uh, 24 hours prior to watching the movie i had been engaged in a very seriously um like energetic moment with a bunch of people who were affected by something like i said that was just sort of you know, done out of, uh, you know, not, not, not made adventures in golf was never a business strategy, you know? And it was always mere, it was always like, uh, like, uh, walking through a door that happened to be cracked open and just sort of seeing what was going to happen. And so then experiencing like a, like a strange type of, um, you know, ancillary benefit that no one ever mentioned to me like no one ever no agent no lawyer came to me in season one and said well look you're not gonna get paid a lot but you're gonna feel really good when someone goes up to you and says thank you 
No one ever, no one ever mentioned that. In fact, my ex-wife, famous singer, her experience was she hated when people came up to her. So I had not, I had no idea, right, what it was going to be like. And I'm not comparing myself to her in any way. I mean, there's a large gap between those two recognitions of creation. But anyway, watching the Mr. Rogers documentary really pointed out the idea that, um, I, it was interesting because he made that show in, you know, he didn't make that show in New York or LA. He made that show in Pennsylvania, right? Pittsburgh. I mean, that was like Pittsburgh. It was off the map. And somehow it caught on around the rest of the country and the rest of the world. Yeah. And I mean, in the, in the film, there's a scene where basically government funding for public broadcasting is going to be shut down. And, and Mr. Rogers shows up and, and, and the, the main testifies in front of Congress. Yeah. yeah. And, and the main congressman says, no more reading. No more reading of testimony. And Mr. Rogers has written a 10-page document. And Mr. Rogers sits down in front of the mic and he goes, well, I, I know that one of the most important things for kids is to have a trusting family. And so I will trust that you will read this document because I, you know how important it is. So I won't read it right now. And I will just say, and he goes on to talk and he, and he gives this like heartfelt plea towards the need of what he's doing. And he realizes need to make basically something that no one else was making. I mean, they, they described it at the time of doing everything opposite of what made money on television is what he did. <laughs> right. Like, and I don't know. I yeah, just, it wasn't a flashy show in any way. It was very simple and you know, it was all about like one-on-one -on -one connection. Yeah, exactly. And, and really, and you know, I think one of the things is too, is it's like, I think one of the things I saw is Mr. Rogers did a very good job of telling people that they don't need to be anything different. And they can just do what they want to do and be who they are. And maybe on some level, um, even though it is time-consuming and I, I don't know why I do respond to you know, all of the DMs at the end of the day, but maybe that's what that is kind of. you know. Maybe it's sort of like, hey, you know, just because – I mean I always feel like the way you can really evaluate a person is to see how they treat someone who has nothing to offer them. And I've always felt that way, because I mean, because I've seen, um, I've seen people that are uh, not that that don't have a lot of money and that don't have a lot of um, requests. I've seen them sort of treat someone poorly when they have nothing to offer them, like for example, a cab driver, and then treat someone who does have something to offer them really, really, uh, you know like laying out the red carpet for this person. Yeah. And then I've also seen people who are some of the most famous people on planet earth, literally be nicer to a, to a, 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 what I would call them as a neutral person, right? Like a, like a barista or a valet nicer to them than anybody yeah. else. Well, it's funny you say that. I remember when I met Justin Timberlake at an office I was working at years ago and, uh, I opened the door for him to, you know, get him to a meeting at the office. And then two hours later, out of nowhere, I'm at the computer, I'm staring at the computer doing work, and he just comes up to me out of nowhere, and it's like, hey, it was so nice to meet you, Jeff, right? Yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, because I'm used to sort of like, you know, understandably, you know, a celebrity or anybody who's coming in, like, they're in their own headspace, they're busy, but for him to do that, like, after, like, being in a two-hour meeting, very, very surprising, so. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny you say that, because not only is he a golfer, but I had a similar experience with him, too. I was on the driving range and it was just me and him and he came up to me and I mean, I wasn't like trying to make eye contact with him or like overly 
impress myself upon his experience in the golf course. And he just came to me and he was like, hey, Justin, nice to meet you. I was like, uh, Merrick, nice to meet you. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, anyway, I, I just look at that as being kind of like the Mr. Rogers ethos of like all are equal, all are yeah. welcome. And I think, you know, I mean, we could dial that back into kind of what I'm learning to be the thesis that I have around golf, which is like, Jesus Christ, why is there a hierarchy in golf? Like, that's what a really sacred game, you know? Like, why, why, are, we, why are we making it harder for people to play? And yeah. why golf as opposed to any other sport? I feel like golf has that um, barrier up. The, you know, all the other sports really don't have that. So, Well, I mean, I think that's in its DNA, unfortunately, genetically. Yeah. Evolution. Evolution brought it to America with money. You know, when it was in Scotland, it was an inexpensive game that was played by the people who lived in the town that owned the land. And so it was public property. It was Rancho Park, right? And the towns were small enough so that you could play it without a crowd or whatever. And the golf was everywhere. And now it came to America and it became an import, right? It became a Rolex all of a sudden. It became really expensive and fancy. And so I think America is just struggling with um, trying to hopefully move away from that. I don't know. Should we, uh, whoa, we've been going for a minute. Should we take a quick ad break? Yeah, we'll take a quick break. I'll be right back, everybody. All right, let's get into some reads, everybody. Podcast ad read, Sun Skincare, Eric Anders Lang Show. Well, thank you, Jeff and Andrew, for setting that up so perfectly. Ad one. As you guys know, I spend a lot of time outside. That's true. From all my time outside, I've learned that the only negative can be the damage that the sun causes to your skin. Very true. Sizzles like bacon, even if you're vegan. That's why I use sun. S-O-N-N-E. Sun was started by two guys, golfers, who were sick of making the choice between drugstore men's care products and expensive boutique fluff. Because, I mean, I'm not really into boutique fluff. Are you guys? What's going on? Uh, it's a, are, you into, are you into boutique fluff? No. Big boutique. <laughs> <laughs> Colt's super not into the true, boutique fluff. Uh, check it out, yo. It is a doctor-developed skin for, for skincare for men that is delivered straight to your door. I mean, I never leave the house, so that works really well for me. When I'm traveling around the course, sun is the only product I trust to protect this beautiful skin from the sun. I mean, the truth is, it's actually not that beautiful. I have a couple. I've got, yeah, I don't know. I've got, I get, once I get, you get pimples on your back, guys? I got some fucking pimples on my back. I wish Suncare could fix that. But luckily, my back doesn't get a lot of sun because I'm a golfer. Golf tans, anyone? How about that left hand just looking like an ice cube out there? You know? I like that. Uh, sun is the only product I trust to protect these people since the sun. Sun damage is the number one numero uno. Eine in German. Eine, no, itchy in, in Japanese. What's, what's one in, in German? Eins. Eins. The Eins cause of aging skin, and you will not find anything that defends UV rays better than sun's SPF. Enriched with nutrients like red algae. Whoa, that sounds like it tastes bad. Vitamin C and vitamin E. Uh, sun is made here in the USA, and like I've already said, is formulated to prevent sun damage and meant to reduce signs of past damage like wrinkles and redness. No gimmicks, no guesswork, no trip to the store necessary. Delivered right to your door. All right, so check it out. Go to www.suncare.com slash Eric. S-O-N-N-E-C-A-R-E dot com slash E-R-I-K. Use the code Eric at checkout and try Suncare for 15 bucks off. Do it, y'all. It actually smells pretty good, too. You know, it's all about the fragrance for me. It's got to be smell delicious. Someone should make, you know, I should talk to the Suncare guys. I think they should make Suncare, that, uh, like a skincare product that smells like chocolate. Or bacon. Bacon. Edible, edible Suncare. 
edible? Like, what do you mean edible? Like, literally, you can eat it? You won't get a, your tongue won't get burned then when you eat that hot soup, you know, on a cold day. <laughs> All right, everybody, got a, got a read here from Ben Hogan Golf. When legendary golfer Ben Hogan founded his equipment brand in 1953, he proclaimed his products would offer, quote, the best performing design, the best feel for contacting the golf ball, and the best eye appeal. Hmm, I like that eye appeal. Today, 65 years later, the Ben Hogan Golf Equipment Company remains committed to delivering a superior product line. And thanks to a unique factory direct business model, Ben Hogan handcrafted, custom made forged irons, wedges, hybrids, and utility clubs are available for hundreds of dollars less than golfers would pay for competitive products through traditional retail stores. Backed by risk-free demo and trade-in programs, golfers can enjoy best-in-class golf equipment, including the acclaimed Fort Worth black and white irons, edge irons, or the popular equalizer wedges, all developed and manufactured using Mr. Hogan's proprietary club building process. That's right, tour quality custom Ben Hogan golf clubs for a fraction of what competitive products would cost at retail. Don't pay unnecessary middleman markup. Visit BenHoganGolf.com and use the discount code ERIC for 10% off your order. Visit BenHoganGolf.com and play with the quality and craftsmanship that Ben Hogan Golf Equipment is famous for. That's BenHoganGolf.com, discount code ERIC, E-R-I-K, for 10% off your order. Check them out. Yo, Adidas golf shoes, y'all. I've worn lots of shoes since I started playing golf seven years ago, but I haven't found anything that matches Adidas. It's actually very true. Boost, all capitals, folks, B-O-O-S-D. Boost is the best cushioning in the game, and they test all their shoes so that you get the stability you need for the swing that you want or whatever. Whether it's the Tour 360, which is all around a great shoe, or the Adicross Bounce, that's what I like, uh, I typically wear, well, I like the Addy Pure, y'all, because they're classy as fuck. And I also like the, uh, I like the Crossknit Boost, y'all. It's an older model, but they look kind of fly. Everyone thinks I'm wearing running shoes on the course, but no, I've got stability and I've got little nubs to keep me in check when I over-rotate with the big stick. Um, everything that they make is so versatile and comfortable, but most importantly, they're all built to perform on the course. Visit adidas.com and click on the golf section or visit your local retailer. <laughs> Maybe just go online, y'all. Who wants to go to a local retailer? Let's face it. To find the pair that's right for you. You can also follow Adidas Golf on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook for all the latest news and releases. Check it out. Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. All right. Thanks for listening to the advertisements. Jeff, thank you for bringing in those advertisements. Happy to. We, uh, it's a pretty good gig, huh? The podcast game is a pretty good gig. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy podcasts myself, so um, you know, it's a great medium. I listen to them when I drive, when I exercise. Do you listen um, to this podcast? Of course. No, you do. <laughs> do you really? We make, a, we make a lot of podcasts. There's a lot of hours of media out there. We've got 70 hours of podcasting. Yeah, 75 as of today, so people can go back in, check those out. You know, Craig yeah. T. Nelson's in there, which is a really one good one. One of my favorites. We got uh, this week. We got coming up on Thursday is Brian Skavnak, 
who you'll you'll hear when you listen. But Brian is a really interesting dude. He's a, he's a teaching pro from Minnesota who I met years ago. Stayed at his house when we filmed the first episode of season three of Adventures in Golf in Minnesota. But he has gone now onto a career of uh, speaking, public speaking about kind of, uh, you know, positive psychology around children's uh, development, uh, not just in golf, but also in, in outside of golf. Anyway, so he's coming up on Thursday, which I think will be good. Kind um, of ties into Mr. Rogers there a little bit. Whoa, I didn't even think of that. Well, what's funny is like going back to the Mr. Rogers thing is I really realized an underscore that I didn't realize prior of what, what kind of motivates me. And I mean, he describes it as love in the movie, but I think what I describe it as a little bit is um, kind of an open-mindedness that you have as a kid, right? Kids don't really walk into something and say, oh, fuck this. Kids walk into something and they say, why, hi, who are you, right? Why, why are you doing that? They're not thinking like three steps ahead, you know, what are all the consequences or, you know. Yeah, and they and they just sort of do things and kind of want they just want to see what happens, and I'm realizing now that random golf club as a as a as a social living way as a social way of living right or as a film as a video component of going and playing Beth Page with t- people I don't know or you know all of that is just kind of to quote see what happens and that's been kind of the fun thing about golf for me is just sort of seeing what happens. Um. Yeah, obviously we can go meta on that, macro, micro, whatever you want to call it. But what was uh, for Brian? What was his, uh, you know, thought process as far as children's developments and what he's working on? Well, he's just into positivity, you know, and and sort of being the first person to do the nice thing, be the nice kid is kind of his thing. Anyway, listen to the podcast. You'll, I think, I think you'll dig it. Um, but he's a one of these great guys that I really like to hang out with, you know, and just and just sort of. One of the pillars of, I think, what is going to be the welcoming hand of golf that I think, unfortunately, when you walk onto a golf course, a lot of times you see the unwelcoming glare of golf, which is all too unfortunate. Do you get that over at uh, Rancho? Uh, I mean, Rancho seems pretty open there. You know, it's a lot of people learning to play. There's a lot of golf instructors on the driving range. Uh, You know, I see there pretty often. So, you know, it's a lot of people who are like kids who are learning to play and adults who are, you know sort of enhancing their skills a lot. Right. I think you see that a lot at public courses for the most part, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I mean, ideally, ideally. Um, but, uh, anyway, that's good to hear. So Brian's great. You'll check him out. Let's see. I got a, I got some notes on the old cell phone over here. Um, this was the email, uh, Colt recommended. I'll read the email. It sort of, uh, surprises you. Good idea. Let's see. So here is from Colt. Yeah, from Colt. Sent this to me last week. He said, great email for the pod. Don't read until on air. What's your genuine reaction? Yeah, this is, uh, it's not that long, so get ready. Uh, okay, so the email's from uh, Josh Larson. Josh says, hey man, wanted to send you an email to let you know that I appreciate you. Oh God, I'm a, <laughs> this, I, might, I might cry. It's very Mr. Rogers-y. Mr. Rogers would say that. I appreciate you. Yeah, just the way you are. Um, I mean, just as a side note, so Mr. Rogers, I showed uh, my ex-wife, that Mr. Rogers, she, going up in Australia, she didn't know who he was. And uh, we started going deep on it because, you know, Mr. Rogers gave this famous speech at the, I can't remember, Academy Awards or Emmys or whatever. Oh, it was the Kennedy Center Honors? Yeah, when he, when he was like, everyone take a moment and think about your mother or someone you care about. Did you remember that? Yeah. 
said, take one minute and just think about someone who helped you through your life. And um, so I showed her that. And then we started looking through all these things. And the clip that I showed her that ultimately became important, the reason the story I'm being told is, um, remember in the movie when he sings the song, It's You That I Like, with the, with the boy in the wheelchair? Yeah. It's you that I like, not the things beside you. Da, 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 da. So anyway, I showed her that. And she was like, obviously, moved, right? One of the reasons why we were together is we were both moved by the same things. And she sang it at someone's wedding. And I remember it was like a big deal. And I remember, and it was, it was hard for me to separate that from the experience of watching the movie last night, the memory of her singing that at the wedding, you know? Anyway, it was a pretty sweet moment. Um, so anyway, I appreciate you. Thank you, Josh. Uh, I stumbled onto AIG last winter and binged them all. Respect, that's what I would do. Then a few weeks ago, I found your podcast. I am a giant podcast fan, and you are by far uh, the best golf podcast out there. I appreciate that because I know there are a lot. And I would say, check out Earn Your Edge before you... Uh, fully, fully say that. But Earn Your Edge is cool because it's Cameron McCormick, Jordan Spieth's coach, and uh, Corey Lundberg, who's, uh, I don't know what Corey goes, but Corey messaged me on Instagram and invited me on the podcast with Cameron. So we'll do that. Uh, you know, I think, I don't know when it's going to come out, but it's coming out soon. Anyway, thank you for saying that highly subjective statement that this is the best golf podcast. Uh, we actually have a lot of it in common, I've learned through the show. We're the same age and have been playing golf roughly the same amount of time. Oh, that's cool. When I was a kid, I was into heavy drugs. <laughs> Respect. <laughs> and they ended up getting me into a lot of trouble. Well, they do that. Uh, I got caught up in the legal system and had to make the choice to go to treatment or prison. So did I. Um, I chose the former, which, which means what? The former is the, the original, first. The, first the latter one. is the Solid. second. Yeah. yeah, definitely go to treatment. <laughs> good choice, good choice. Um, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I got clean, but quickly learned I needed something to feed the addict in me. A few years passed, and I got married to an amazing woman. And through her father, I found golf. Oh, very cool. Golf saved my life. This fucking game is more addictive than damn near any drug I used to do. It's also my form of getting away from the noise of life and being able to use it as a form of meditation. I've managed to work my way down to a nine handicap and hopefully someday scratch. I have very few friends that play, so I usually jump in with a group, and it's pretty... Fun to watch them judge me with tattoos all over and a thrift shop polo. But before you know it, we're all good friends uh, for the next four hours. I think that's part of the addiction. Being able to hang out with people and seeing good in humanity. You're honestly the first person I've ever emailed from anything I've watched or listened to because I almost feel like a bit of a kindred spirit. Keep up the amazing work and honesty and you'll always have a fan in me. P.S. If you ever get back to Minneapolis. Oh, speaking of Brian. Uh, in the summer, look me up. I'd love to play a round of golf. Cheers, Josh. Well, Josh, I mean, again, this is one of these things where I, uh, you know, I, what do you think when you when you hear that, Jeff? Yeah, it's really inspiring that people are connecting with with you in particularly and the content of the podcast. It's like this is golf from a whole new perspective, and people are latching onto that because it doesn't really exist, you know. It, outside of this, it doesn't really, uh, there aren't a lot of people doing what you do. I guess not. I mean, I would think that there are, but I guess not. I guess, like I said, I don't really listen to a lot of other podcasts. I don't watch a lot of other shows on the internet. I mean, I barely watch a fucking documentary about one of my heroes, Mr. Rogers. But, <laughs> you know, um, I guess that's part of just the keep your head down and, and keep doing what you're doing that I try to do. Because sometimes, sometimes you get caught up in comparing, you know? Yeah. Uh, I kind of can compare my career with other people's career. And, you know, I mean, it just doesn't fucking matter. It does not matter. Do you ever do that? 
Uh, I mean, I think the best way to do anything is just, you know, work on what you need to do, stay in your own lane, and that's how you get the most accomplished. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because even no matter what level of success you've had, I can't remember who we were talking to on the podcast, but they were saying, uh, Richard Kind. He was, oh, yeah. He, he He's afraid that he'll never work again. Yeah. And you know his resume. I mean, he does movies hundreds. for Pixar, like yeah. the biggest company in the world. Hundreds of IMDb credits. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I guess that never goes away. But the, the hard work doesn't either, you know. Okay, so we got a couple other questions here from the uh, podcast. Um, from Grootsy. The DM idea was great on today's pod, man. Question. What, when days you are playing bad, like when, when there are days where you are playing bad, like standing over the ball and not having any idea where it's going to go, how do you fully enjoy yourself? How do you prove to yourself this is a game and enjoy it in those moments? Mm, you're the best, Eric. Cool. Uh, I mean, that, that I had one of those days in Scotland, actually, at um, uh, Glen, Glen Eagles. And I, I, we, I don't know what was happening. I just could not figure out the direction of the golf ball. And I mean, I don't know. Luckily for me, usually I'm filming while playing. So I just kind of envelop myself in, you know, whatever it is, making a better video, whether it's the drone or whether it's some sort of other camera angle. And I maybe skip a hole, you know, because I'm not playing for score. No one cares what I shoot. So I typically try to loosen my grip on that feeling. Um, or I will tell myself, you know, the ball's already out of bounds, might as well swing freely. And sometimes I can find my swing again. I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a tough one. You can either, you, you, you either give up hope or you give up your, um, your, um, current method or, or current evaluation of success. You know, you either have to give up hope completely and play a different game. And maybe that game is hitting one good shot or, you know, taking in something enjoyable, maybe taking a photograph, maybe you call your father or your mother or your friend and just tell them how bad you're playing and try to have a sense of humor at it. Maybe maybe, maybe the game is you try to get less upset than you did last time. Or maybe the game is you try to um, uh, exhibit your anger in some way and try to get it done as quickly as possible. Like not break a club, but you know maybe you yell really loud or something. I don't know. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, that, that, that's, that's one of the great things about that. What you're just mentioning is everyone goes through that. Professional, amateur, playing for a long time, playing for a short time, age. That is completely, um, no one is exempt from that experience. And, and that, I would say, is actually the jewel of golf itself, which is you rarely are faced with something so frustrating that you want to, you know, get as angry as you do. And so you really need to look at that as like, this is the, uh, the, um, bone marrow of golf. You know, th this is that, that experience of having no idea where the ball's going and literally wanting to chew your own teeth off while you sell your clubs and vow to never play the game again. That is right there. The most learning you could ever have from golf, not from winning. Bobby Jones always said he never learned anything from a match that he won. So, that is a question that you actually have to answer for yourself. And, and how I've chose to answer it for myself is I make art, right? I make content, I make media, I make entertainment. And so if I'm playing poorly, I just say to myself, you know, I'm an entertainer. Fuck it. My job is to entertain. I might as well entertain myself, right? So good luck. <laughs> Optimistic. <right? laughs> um, well, do you get... Uh, 
I mean, do you get like performance anxiety when you play golf? Like other people are watching me in my group and I have to like uh, perform as good as them or, you know, not really. No, not really. When we, when we were at, when we were at five iron golf on Friday night and I hadn't hit a ball in a while and, and someone was like, someone was like, hit a ball, Eric, hit a ball. And I was like, all right, fuck it. And I noticed a little bit of anxiety because there, when I turned around, I was like, holy shit, there's like 40 people over there that can all, and I was like, oh boy, like this is, this is quote, Eric, who's that? This is the guy hitting a golf. This is the guy from Adventures in Golf hitting a golf shot. And I was like, oh wow, this is, I never realized, um, you know, but that's kind of, again, one of the more exciting things of golf, you know, I know probably the most nerve wracking tee shots were, um, uh, 16th at Scottsdale during the Waste Management Phoenix Open Pro-Am with Charlie Hoffman. That was like 15,000 people screaming at me. Hit the green. Huh? Um, first hole at Augusta. Uh, made a birdie, right? Hit the fairway. And um, Katsuhiro Mura sitting there crouching by my uh, by the ball at impact, hitting one of his irons in Japan. So all three of those were very nerve-wracking, um, but it didn't mean that the results were poor. And, and in some sense, I interviewed Justin Rose, and I'm planning on releasing this interview at some point on the YouTube channel. I interviewed him for Be The Ball, but this part of the scene got cut out. And I think what I'm going to do is start releasing on the YouTube channel a little Be The Ball playlist of like outtakes and, and, and deleted scenes in a way to kind of talk about the movie forthcoming. But um, Justin Rose talks about how um, nervousness does not necessarily relate to bad golf. There's no connection, really. So, you know, on Friday night when I was nervous, now I know just because I'm nervous doesn't mean I'm going to hit a bad shot. I just need to get the club into that position and hit a shot and, you know, whatever. I hit a pretty damn good shot. I mean, it wasn't perfect. They never are, but it was okay. Yeah. And also, nobody cares. Like, again, I'm there to, I'm there to entertain. <laughs> so I would be better off. I would be, it would be more on brand and or relatable of me to top a shot, turn around and be like, oh, tough course, than it would be to stripe one down the middle of the fairway and be like, how about that? You know what I mean? Yeah. These are supposed to be, you know, on the level of all the people, not like a PGA Tour, uh, you know, skill set. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I have the ability to hit some good shots. And people are like, oh, you're good at golf. And I'm like, I'm really not. Like, I'm, I'm, I have streaks. But, you know, it's funny because I watched a video the other day online, and I remember it, op it was some, I can't remember how I saw it, but it was some golf vlog. I think someone sent it to me or something. And I watched, like, the first 20 seconds. And the first thing I saw was a guy sinking a 30-footer. And I was like, unrelatable. I'm out. I don't care if you take a 30-footer. I want to see you make a good video. You know what I mean? Like, And I realized like, I'll never start a video with me sinking a 30-footer. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not what I came to see. Yeah. I didn't come to see. I couldn't go see that on uh, TigerWoods.com. Anybody have that domain? <laughs> <laughs> all business. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Um, Nathan Anderson has a question. What, this is a good question. Which, what advice would you give to the Eric of twelve months ago? Well, that's it. That's a funny one. I don't know how many times I've talked about it on the podcast, but twelve months ago, I didn't want to do golf stuff. Remember that? Yeah. Remember Jeff? I was like, I was like Jeff. I don't want to do any more golf stuff. Adventures in Golf season two had come out. I was having a tough time with some of the behind the scenes of Adventures in Golf, mainly around, um, you know, I mean. To be totally, let's see, candid, but also completely clandestine. Uh, you know, my company produces Adventures in Golf for the PGA Tour. I'm a, I'm a production company. I get, I'm given a flat rate to make a show. 
And I essentially have to make it work for the PGA Tour as well as make it work for my company. And I mean, dude, on the face of it, it's a dream come true. It's a wonderful job. That said, there were some people that I had to work with that made my life really difficult and made the pleasure of the show itself, um, it decreased it. it. It made it not as fun. And, you know, I mean, to the point where, I don't know, you saw it from the outside, Jeff. What was happening? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, you were a little bit stressed. A man of few words when it comes to... <laughs> Trying to stay diplomatic. He's a diplomat. No, but I mean, I just I just wasn't enjoying it as much yeah. as I was for season one. Um, and we were talking about the contracts for season three, and I was like, why is it turning into a fucking grind? This should be fun. This is something I want to do. Why is it all of a sudden turning into something I need to do or something that's like just, just, just not what I want, you know? And it was really sad because here's a show that, I mean, this is a show that I created. Right. Like it was an idea that I came up with that somehow I was granted the opportunity to create and then it was proved to be relatively successful. So we continued doing it anyway. So that was that was finding itself to be frustrating. And I was like, you know what? I'm out. I don't want to do any more golf stuff. I don't want to do it at all. So that was October, uh, November of 2017. And. I don't even know if I would have needed the advice because we did end up going through and doing golf. But I, I think the advice that I would give to myself 12 months ago is um, probably the advice that um, 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 what's his name? ESPN. Um, Chris Berman gave me a long time ago. And he said, if you find it interesting, other people will. And, you know, I mean, I think it's kind of like that meets just keep going, you know, just keep going even though it's dark and even though i feel like i can't see shit even though it's foggy uh even though i don't know how much gas is in the tank because the instrument cluster is all fucked up in my car just you just got to keep going right i mean do you do you at what point do you just stop you know and so i don't know i think in our experience jeff is we just kept going we weren't going to do a golf podcast and we but we just kept going and just kept experimenting and trying to figure it out and then in the end we got to the place where we were like all right you know what yeah i mean even when it came to the golf podcast there was like one sidebar format that we tried before this format so it's all about you know getting to that perfect place we did that's right i'm remembering (laughs) now we did a podcast where we were like like six hours doing that and i spent more than six hours getting those uh interviews yeah we did we did it was more of a comedic podcast right no i think you're thinking of a different one wow there's been so many which one i'm talking about the one where we did uh, the the weird golf news and we had the guests on but we yeah we should air those. We did those via Skype? So we that? found. So we found this. All, there's all this weird golf news that comes up in my Google um, um, notifications. You know, like yeah. Google. You know, you can Google tell Google news. Google yeah. yeah. So like one of them was like a a, a group of beavers um, <laughs> damaged a golf course in uh, Georgia, and the short the Alabama. course Alabama Alabama, and yeah. the course was called Roebuck Golf Course, but they dubbed it Rogusta. And it was like this, just this like total Caddyshack energy. And so I called and we recorded the conversation. Oh my God, should we just, can we just air that? No, unfortunately not. We didn't get a release. But I called and I was like, hey, yeah, I just wanted to check in and see how the beavers are going. And he's like, what? What beavers? And I was like, did you have a beavers shoot through the golf course? And he's like, oh yeah. And then, (laughs) and then, and I was like, did anyone, what did you do with the beavers? And he's like, well, Willie ate one of them. And I was like, can you get Willie on the phone? And he was like, yeah, hold on. Five minutes later, Willie's like, hello? 
And I was like, Willie, how does beaver taste? And he's like, a lot like chicken. <laughs> and we just kind of, it was hilarious. But And then we also tried to prank pro shops. That didn't work very well either. Yeah, and then we were trying to script them and make them into advertisements. Yeah, yeah. that was... Uh... So like, I would call the pro shop and I would be like, hey, uh, listen, I came out last week and I, uh, I played golf and I want to know, um, I, I want to get my money back. And then, and then the pro, the head pro or the assistant pro or whatever, they would be like, "Why?" And I'm like, "Cause I uh, I didn't play that well." And then, and then they would be like, "We can't give you your money back." And I'd be like, "But I, but I just uh, I didn't play that well." And in fact, my wife got upset with me that I that I was not playing golf all day. And then it just didn't ever. It wasn't funny because they were just like, uh, "I don't think we can." Yeah, do they were that. just very matter of fact. Yeah, they it was just really super straight up. It, yeah. I was hoping it would be like a Jerky Boys thing where they're like, you know. Get, get, not getting riled up because I don't like pranking people like having a joke on them but I just anyway it wasn't good and and the news thing was weird that it just anyway now we hear just yeah. a normal we got basic to, podcast uh, you know got to this point so the advice to the self is just keep going all right last uh, question from Ben Wolf Ben Wolf the uh, wonderful uh, host over at Oakmont uh, country club down there in Pittsburgh. By the way, I mean, the Pittsburgh connection with the Mr. Rogers thing, I want to move to Pittsburgh. And so then to find out Mr. Rogers was from Pittsburgh, it all just really became full circle for me. And I just was like, wow, this is so cool. Uh, ben Wolf was asking, uh, the case of the missing seven iron, was it ever in the bag? And if not, how is that possible? Okay, well, here's what happened is I didn't buy a seven iron because I was, um, when I bought those clubs, I was, I don't know. I'm kind of a cheap person. Like I don't like to spend money when I don't have to. And I just figured I could probably figure out how to hit an 8-iron like a 7-iron or a 6-iron like a 7-iron. And also, I just was like, I like the idea of being more creative, you know? So I, I skipped a 5, a 7, and a 9. After a year, I bought a 9-iron. and um, But mostly then, I would just complain that I didn't have a 7-iron or, or at least let it be known that I was at a disadvantage by not having a 7-iron. So anyway, that said, um, I just never got it. And uh, now I'm going to get it. I'm going to buy a 7-iron. I mean, I did get a 7-iron. It should be showing up. I cannot wait for the new clubs to show up. should be here this week. So thanks for the question, Ben. And uh, <clears throat> looking forward to cutting that video. I think that's it. I think we've covered a wonderful Monday podcast. What do you think? Anything else from you, Joe? Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about the new YouTube video going up this week? Uh, well, yeah. If, uh, you guys, uh, we, we did a wonderful um, premiere on uh, today, we, the, the YouTube video has premiered. It's on the YouTube channel. It's basically episode three from the Isle of Man series of The Golf Show, which, I mean, was really just an experiment, right? I mean, we were already in Europe filming other episodes of Adventures in Golf, and I thought, geez, I'd really like to meet Rick Shields. I mean, I had met him briefly, but I would like to work with Rick Shields and film something, and I really just wanted Rick to be on the podcast, but I figured if we were going to do a podcast with Rick, we might as well do some video with him. And, um, you know, sure enough, he came over to Isle of Man. He brought his crew. He filmed some video. And so did we. And I didn't really have any clue what we were doing, right? I, I just was like, let's shoot this. And let's not try to make it like anything we've ever done. Let's, let's just be totally experimental with it. And then I gave the footage to Thomas Wrighton, who is our brilliant uh, editor-in-chief, if you will, um, over here in Pasadena, uh, loves golf and um, loves making music. He actually made the final song for episode two of the Isle of Man show on the YouTube channel. Anyway, I mean, it was just really an experiment, you know, where we were trying to see 
if we just did exactly what we wanted and if we just pretended there were no rules, what would we do? What would that look like? And well, it looks like it looks like some of the best stuff we've ever done. I would say. Episode 2 is what is my favorite episode is, is some of my favorite content that I've ever produced anywhere. It looks beautiful, it sounds beautiful, it feels beautiful. One of my favorite parts about it is that out of out of I mean a lot of stuff happens out of necessity, you know what I mean? Um but but some of it happens just by mistake. And so Isle of Man episode two, I had asked Thomas to leave a lot of room for me in the edit uh, for voiceover so that I could tell more of a uh, poetic story of my time there on Isle of Man and how wonderful it was. And so he left all this open space. Did you, You've seen it, right, Jeff? Yeah. And he left all this open space, and I watched it the first time, and I forgot that I was supposed to write voiceover. So then the next day I watched it again just because I like to watch it once a day or something. And then I remembered that I was supposed to do voiceover and I thought, well, I don't want to. It's fine. It doesn't need it. It 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 functions so well as a meditative musical piece that doesn't need voiceover. And maybe I'm wrong for the YouTube generation, right? Maybe there's a reason why it has um, you know, forty percent of the views of the one prior. Like it's not doing that well as far as quote views are concerned, but I don't fucking care. Yeah. Like that, I didn't make that show to get views. I, I I made it because I wanted to make it an experiment. I mean, what do you take on that? Yeah, I think especially when it comes to travel shows, you know, we're so programmed to think voiceover, voiceover, voiceover. We're looking at B-roll, voiceover. But I think aesthetically, it's like a new a new format of doing a travel show, which you know I think can be kind of influential for other people doing travel shows. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, I looked at it and I was just like, this is amazing. Episode three is very weird. It's, it's edited. Is in that a very, the finale? It's the finale. The, okay. Yeah. It's the final episode of the golf show. Uh, as far as we know, there will, I'm sure we'll shoot it again somewhere, but there's, you know, we're just going to continue doing what we're doing and experimenting and we're going to experiment with a bunch of different formats in the next uh, months. You know, we're going to, we, I was talking to my friend Jacob in New York about doing all different types of YouTube content as we progress, right? Uh, whether it's that co-hosted show with another golf personality where we maybe do a version of like this podcast or something or, you know, we've experimented with comedic things. I mean, we're just treating everything like an experiment. You know, I, sp- I spent time with Brody Smith last week in Vegas, right? And he's obviously a successful YouTuber, pro athlete, um, really interesting guy, really nice, really interested. And, you know, <clears throat> I was I was talking to him in the same way that I talked to Rick Shields as far as you're a mentor, right? You, you know what you're doing. What can I do? And he says, well, you know what? You're really lucky. And I was like, why? And he's like, because you can experiment. You know, at this point, you're so early on that you can do whatever you want and you can see how it goes. And here is funny because I think that unfortunately in the world that I am, have found myself in, which is the world of social media and sort of podcasting and now video, you feel like you can't make an experiment. You feel like you can't be wrong. And and Brody was basically like, dude, fucking hurry up and make some mistakes, man. <laughs> and it was really interesting. So what we're going to yeah. start doing is we're going to start releasing full video versions of the podcast and see what that happens. You know I mean? Oh, so not the edited versions like Charlie Hoffman and uh, Kevin no. Chappell. Okay. No, because he was saying like maybe what the problem with that is is people just want to listen to the podcast. And so what you should do is make a video version of the podcast with locked off camera angles yeah. and so see what uh, people... Joe Rogan does. Too. Exactly. Yeah. And so we're going to try that and see if people are interested in that. Um, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just a really fun, fertile time, I think is what I'm realizing now. And so, you know, we're going to look at just creating whatever 
feels right and watching what happens. And maybe the golf show is a bad idea. Or maybe the way the golf show is done is a bad idea. I have very little ownership over any of these things. I know what I like, but that doesn't mean that if I like garlic ice cream that I should open a garlic ice cream shop. right? Just because I like something doesn't mean it's a good business plan. So I'm just looking forward to the idea that um, you know feedback will point us to where we want to go just in the same way as last year I didn't want to do any more golf stuff. I was wrong. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I remember when I suggested a golf podcast to you. Yeah. <laughs> did you really? Yeah, it was last year too. And what did I, I say? No more golf. It's not interesting. Wow. That's so sad. Yeah. Those we, very words. It's not interesting. Is that what I said? But clearly it is interesting. People have responded. So Well, you know what? At the time it wasn't interesting because yeah. here's here's what was happening, right? One is I was having I was I was kind of hitting my head against a wall um from a from a business standpoint with with the um, with some of the people I had to collaborate with business wise, and those th- that has now all changed. The landscape is very different. We are we are a happy family. There are rainbows everywhere, four leaf clovers, um, little little buckets of tiny not gold but gold covered chocolate, um, you know. But but it's a much more uh, friendly and pleasant landscape in that regard. I'm sure none of you give a shit, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> but it does make it easier for me to do my job and to care deeply about it. Um, but also one of the main things that changed is when I went to the PGA show, someone came up to me and said, thanks for making adventures in golf. And I was like, Whoa, you've seen it. I had no idea that anyone had seen it. I didn't know people had seen the show. I knew that there were views, but I didn't know a person had seen the show. I knew my parents had seen it. I knew my friends had seen it. I knew that the PGA tour was happy with it and they wanted to do another season, but I didn't know that a person had seen the show and actually thought, wow, that's, that, that is something. There is something. I don't know what it is for that person. Everyone has a different reaction. But, and that happened about 10 times at the PGA show. 10 different people come to me and said, dude, thank you. Or, wow, that's cool. And, I, and that was what energized me to come back here and be like, all right, you know what? Let's do this. Clearly, what made it interesting to me was the idea that it was interesting to someone else. Kind of in reverse to the Chris Berman yeah, feeding off other people's interests as yeah. opposed to your own. Yeah. Oh, wow, you actually think this is interesting. Maybe it was actually finally the scratch-off. Finally, I scratched off the lotto ticket. Here I had bought all these lotto tickets, and I had done what I was interested in, and I never really had the validation that anyone else cared. There were views, but they weren't as much as I thought they should be, to be honest. Yeah, season one, I was like, no one's fucking watching this show. I slaved for it, and here it's got 9,000 views or 40,000 views. It's just, it just, in my head, it was supposed to get a million views. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, 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 to, and to add to that, I had no ownership over the end result. You know what I mean? Like, I had no contact with people who had seen it. And now what's wonderful is between my own YouTube channel, between the Facebook, I'm sorry, between the Instagram and between um, this and the email here, it's like I have a dr- direct link to people who are enjoying it so it was also too when i met you you didn't have a public instagram is that true yeah the very first day i met you i go you want to start a podcast you have to go public with your instagram because Whoa. your instagram is 100 percent private and i had like 600 followers yeah you were like below a thousand wow yeah. and you were like go so when did i go public i think that very moment <laughs> i know but i'm serious though you were i remember we were outside that's i'm very open was, to suggestion in the balcony so oh that's so funny yeah I'm like, you want to start a podcast, you got to go public with your Instagram. That's how you're going to feed off of it. Right. You know? so. That's so funny. Yeah, I would never have uh, guessed. Um, now look at you now. Over, you know, 
a lot of followers over 12 billion followers <laughs> it's incredible we've come such a long way um but no i mean yeah that's 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 so funny i i forgot that yeah well and you know jeff i think we could talk about something else here right now is that we've decided something very valuable i think that uh do you know what i'm talking about to talk about the Instagram and, and the value of the Instagram and the genuine, um, you know, portrayal of what the Instagram is to me as far as a blog and as far as like a stream of conscious, uh, I try to treat it like, you know, journalism. And so influencer, I don't know what that word means. I think it means to influence people. Unfortunately, I think that term is uh, uh, thrown around a lot. Yeah. yeah. And typically influencer means to influence people in their buying habits, which I've decided uh, pretty much uh, unequivocally, right, without with, in, in, without any, uh, you know, confusion, right, we won't be doing that. And so, the, and so you know, it was, it was actually sort of a, a out of necessity. Like, we had a deal that was, like, waiting to go down around some apparel bullshit, and it ended up not happening in a very frustrating way for me. And here I was just trying to, like, uh, you know... I'm just I'm just trying to like basically make it so that you listening to this podcast or you watching a show on YouTube or whatever you're doing so that you don't need to pay or be um, beaten down with some type of subversive sales technique, right? Because I hate feeling sold. When we go to a city, the last street I want to go on is the one where they're trying to sell me shit. I would rather go, you know, walk through a, a sewer lined street than than being sold something and so what's cool is anyway through this deal that fell through that um you know i was in turns excited about frustrated about wanting it to be different feeling like i could offer so much and then ultimately just sort of being beaten up by it all i was like you know what instagram is close that is just my place to interact authentically and there's there will be no there will be no swipe ups there will be no uh discount codes there will be nothing I'm not going to sell anything on my Instagram. Now, that said, I mean, if I'm obviously I have a deal with Adidas and I wear Adidas. I have a deal with Vice Golf and I play Vice Golf balls. Those are things that luckily I believe in and care about. And obviously, you hear the ads on the podcast and you see me using it in real life, but I am paid to do that. But also, I luckily went to them and asked them to do that. So, I think it's been an interesting realization. This is in the past month, right? Uh, couple two three months I think. two three months yeah yeah so here jeff came to me and said publicize your instagram and then now wonderfully we've closed the doors on any potential <laughs> money-making opportunities from the instagram because i just don't see it that way now that said the youtube channel now we have a way of we, we, we the ads come in at the beginning of watching the youtube videos i'm sorry that's probably pretty annoying i get annoyed when people do it but at the same time no one paid me to make the golf show right i paid for that no there was no big company paying for me to make the golf show but I know it was good, and I think, you know, we're, we're doing this. So, you know, that's part of it. It's like, that's just what we're doing. And um, I don't know. It's just, it's a really exciting time kind of figuring all of this out and seeing how it can work. Um, so, well, it's been good catching up with you, Jeff. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We got a lot of business talked about. <laughs> no, but I think, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to add to this? Um, yeah, what is the interview again for Thursday? People can check out. Brian Skavnak, my yeah. friend from Minnesota. Check that out. Uh, yeah, what else? That's it. Click that five-star button on iTunes.
<laughs> if you haven't already. I know everybody has, but you know, just in case. Smash that like button. <laughs> subscribe. <laughs> Jeff, you're you're just a hype man and I love it. Um no, I'm glad we met Jeff. I'm glad we're doing this podcast together. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what interview you book for us next. Yeah, we got a lot lined up. Do so. you? Oh yeah. I don't even you find got one out coming up on uh, Tuesday. This Tuesday, huh? Yeah. What would you say you do here? <laughs> He's my favorite. We're doing uh, John, uh, John John C. McGinley John C. from McGinley. Scrubs. From Scrubs, or yeah. more famously for me, Office Space. Jen Aniston's uh, breakout role, maybe not. But uh, Ron Livingston, he's the one that comes in as a consultant. <laughs> and he's interviewing the old guy. He says, well, about Michael Bolton. For my money, it doesn't get any better than Michael Bolton. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say you do here? Anyway, I'm so excited to interview John and do the podcast and the vlog with him. But anyway, Jeff, thank you for all of your um, enthusiasm, cheerleading, your hard work, your uh, your your brain, you know, your um, business navigation um, for the podcast and everybody who's listening. You know, you know, Jeff uh, is responsible for a lot of this. So we'll do we'll do uh, Monday, uh, November fifth is uh, uh, Jeff Friedman Appreciation Day. <laughs> Put it on your calendars. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day and see you in the showers. Bye.